and I think one thing that's also really special about it is that it doesn't just tell you why you do what you do, but then it shows you how to grow from that. And it also doesn't give you this like the self-defeating message that you're broken or you're messed up. Like it tells you like, you know what? Like you just lost your way. You're listening to Ease and Grow, a podcast about life lessons, wellness, and growing into your authentic self. I'm your host, Sika, a millennial writer, thinker, feeler, and heart-centered creative human. I'm obsessed with personal growth and soaking up as much joy as we can on this crazy ride of life. If you've ever found yourself thinking, there's got to be more than this, then this is for you. Let's get to it. Hey guys, and welcome back to Ease and Grow. How are you all doing? It's a gloomy day here today, which is annoying. I knew, I I just knew that the warm weather we got last year was a tease. It felt like summer. It was like 60s and 70s. We were all excited. I just, I knew it wasn't going to last. Something told me. And here we are, mid-March, and it is cold and gloomy again. So I hope you guys have some sun, some warmth, wherever you are. And you're feeling good today. I'm excited for this episode. I, (laughs) oh man, I've been dealing with some type 1 perfectionist stuff this morning day? This day, I've just been like avoiding recording this intro because I want it to be perfect. Like, why is this the way my brain works? If you guys are a type 1 or you know your Enneagram type, then you can relate. But it's just annoying. I actually am just reading The Road Back to You, which I think I referenced in a past episode when I mentioned Enneagram. This is what it says about perfectionists. If you're a one, you believe the only way you'll know peace on the inside is if you perfect everything on the outside. It's not true. That tranquility only comes when you surrender your compulsive need for perfection and stop stifling your emotions, particularly your anger. Okay, (laughs) how do I tattoo this into my brain? Like, I just don't need to wait for everything to be perfect. I don't need to. Uh, So here we are. We're recording this podcast imperfectly (laughs) because I just need to get this out. And I really want you guys to hear this. It's a great episode. I had the pleasure of speaking with Dio of the Instagram account, The Black Enneagram, which has blown up over the past year. During our conversation, you'll hear, we talk about how it just celebrated one year. Like, I thought that page was around for forever. I'm one of those personality typing nerds, so I follow a couple Enneagram accounts, and I thought I was following it for a while, but it's just been out for a year, so it's crazy. But we had a really great conversation. Uh, Dio was so generous and in sharing each of the Enneagram types, core motivations, and fears. So when you listen to that part, you'll get a feel for which of the core motivations resonate with you. But if you want to take a test, I recommend the Truity Enneagram test. There'll be a link in the show notes so you can find out your type. Enneagram coaches do recommend, though, that You should just read up on each of the types. I think Nine Types Co. has a self-typing guide, so I'll link that also. They recommend that you just read through all the types and then feel out which one you resonate with most because 
because the Enneagram is a core motivation uh, personality typing system, it's not really going to be as effective when you just put in your behaviors because that's not what it's typing you around. It's typing you around what the core thing is that's driving your actions. So if that makes any sense, you'll see. Just check out the test, check out the typing guide. And I am super curious to see what you guys' types are because I'm just obsessed with understanding people. And, you know, you guys know I'm a psychology nerd. Um, but this this episode is really exciting. I can't wait for you to hear everything we discuss. We really get into talking about Dio's faith. And regardless of your faith, Dio's Christian, she just shares how important it is to trust your gut and trust your inner knowing and take back your agency over your experience. And I just love what she says towards the end um, about taking what you need and leaving the rest. I mean, that was always something that I lived by as I've been going through my spiritual journey and just knowing that you can take the wisdom wherever you find it and if there's anything that doesn't resonate with you, anything that feels bad, just leave that aside. So this will be a great episode for you of any religion or faith. We'll get into the Enneagram. We'll get into Dio's journey. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. I do just want to give a little disclaimer for you all. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty situation as we were recording this. Um... It's COVID, so you guys know we're dealing with internet issues and we have to record remotely, so I hope that you can still really get a feel of what our conversation was about. I did lots of editing, so it should be pretty easy to understand. There was one part where it kind of cut off when she was going through each of the Enneagram types, so when she says three, the achiever slash performer, it probably cuts off around there and everything else should be fine to understand but I just wanted to say that and of course you can read up on the Enneagram so you can fill in the gaps but we are working with what we got and my perfectionist self hates when the internet cuts out and interrupts these amazing conversations but you know we gotta go with the flow so just want to give you guys that disclaimer and let's head to the show I'll introduce Dio and let you guys hear our great conversation. So, Dayo Ajinaku is a Nigerian-American Christian woman located in Houston, Texas. She is a 2020 graduate of Agnes Scott College in Georgia, where she studied business management. She's been working her entire life to pursue a career in law and will be attending Berkeley Law School this fall with hopes of specializing in entertainment law. She's the creator of the Black Enneagram on Instagram, which just celebrated its one year in February and boasts just over 35,000 followers. I forgot to ask her in the show, but I know that she is an INFJ in Myers-Briggs. She's a Sagittarius, and of course, she is a one-wing two in the Enneagram. It's funny, actually, before our conversation, I never thought of the type one as the reformer, which is another kind of labeling type that people will give for that type one but she really brings the reformer energy to being a type one whereas I feel like I bring the perfectionist energy <laughs> the negative sides of the perfectionist energy so that's interesting and we'll get deeper into that so without further ado 
let's head to the show. Okay, well, welcome to the show, Dio. I'm so excited to talk to you about the Enneagram because I personally have been obsessed with all personality tests, but recently I've been talking more and more about the Enneagram and everyone's like, what is this? What are you talking about? Like, (laughs) how do I find out mine? And then they take the test and they send me theirs and I'm like trying to be a reader. I don't actually know it that well, but (laughs) I just love talking about the Enneagram. So I'm really excited to chat with you just to start off. Where are you and how are you in this moment feeling? Yeah, I currently live in Houston, Texas. Um, I was I went to school in Georgia. Um, I had to move back, obviously, in March because of COVID. Um, that's where I am physically. Uh, I live here, and yeah, I think I'm just. It's just a lot has been going on. I'm using the month of March to recuperate from February, so that's that's what that's where I am right now. Girl, that is real. I feel like so many people like hit a new level of pandemic fatigue in February, and we were all like, "This is still happening." Right. <laughs> so. Right. I'm with you on that one. Um, oh, do you have a cute puppy barking? Yes, at us? I'm so sorry. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, so I guess let's start off first. What's your personal background and your professional background? I know we're both Nigerians, so that's yes. exciting. Uh, what else? Give us a little intro into you. <laughs> Do you want right. to? Okay, yes. we can pause and you can see what's going on. Okay, it's just it's just a library man. She's just overreacting. When he's gone, she'll be she'll be calm. <laughs> okay. Um, one important part of my my like just life background is that I'm a Christian. Um, so a lot of things that I do, a lot of things that a lot, a lot of parts of my identity are wrapped up in my faith and uh, my relationship with God. Um, so yeah, that's a big piece of who I am. I think professionally, I, and even the way I came up, with the, came up with where I'm supposed to be professionally, it's really, you know, God just like leading me and guiding me to where I need to be. So my goal and my desire is to be a attorney. Um, I really want to go to law school. I'm going to law school in the fall. Um, but in undergrad, I majored in business. I went to a, a women's college, uh, Agnes Scott College. Decatur, Georgia. Um, and yeah, I think that might be all of my professional background. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest part of my identity is just being a believer in those two undergrad and future law school is kind of the biggest thing. So yeah. Cool. I hope that answered okay. your question. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You went, you said you went to a women's college in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Did you study law there also? Yeah, so I did. I, I was a business major okay. in um, undergrad. I don't think we had a legal major I don't think we did so it wasn't even an option for me yeah and but you already knew then that you wanted to study law oh yeah since high school I've known for a very long time wow what inspired that for you yeah I think it's been a mix of just like watching my life and then like my dad like you know when your parents can speak into who they see you being um I think my dad first gave me the idea and I started researching it more for myself so you know something I actually wanted to do because I don't you're Nigerian so you know what African parents doctor lawyer engineer that's it that's all you could do so when yeah. he brought that up, I was like, are you just trying to, you know, pigeonhole me, box me in? So I, instead of instead of just me being defensive, I looked into it more. And I really ended up really, really liking it and thinking that I could do real good in that field. So, yeah. Nice. That's amazing. And I see you got into Berkeley Law. Congrats. Yes, yes. That is <laughs> huge. Yes. Um, 
But I also was looking at your Instagram and saw that you wrote glorified tracer in your bio. And I was like, I'm going to ask her what that is. And I was like, oh, wait, right. does she mean like the graphics? You do all the graphics on the account. Right. I do. And this is why I call myself a glorified tracer because I'm not an artist. Like I would never disrespect the artist by calling myself an artist. Because I, I, all I do is just like, if, if you give me a photo of yourself, like I can trace over your photo, but I can't draw you from scratch. Like that's just not... <laughs> I don't have that artistic ability so I don't call myself an artist and I don't like people call me an artist but I'm just not like I'm a glorified tracer I trace and I color people in that's it girl <laughs> that it. I think you're discounting <laughs> your talents though because not everyone can even do that what do you use for that is it like a special right. special program yeah so I use procreate procreate is the best that's a lot of digital mm. artists digital you know people do so you yeah procreate and also adobe I haven't tried adobe it seems a little bit more complicated but Adobe and Prokey are really great. And I have an iPad um, that I got for graduate, has a graduation gift with the iPad pen and that, yeah. There's so many like tutorials. Like if you ever need anyone out there needs help, literally DM me, like I will help you <laughs> figure out how to do it. Because honestly, people say that it, it looks hard, but like once you like keep practicing, mm. yeah, it just gets better. If, I don't know if you have seen on my page, if you scroll to like the beginning, beginning before I had my iPad, I tried to do like, I tried to do it on my phone and it just, you can just see the progression of like the growth because mm. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, it just takes practice and time and using the right tools and the right like, software. Yeah. Anyone can do it to be honest. So yeah. Oh, okay. You're getting me excited. Like maybe I can <laughs> get a little artsy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How long does one take you to do then? Is it like oh, now man. that you're more experienced, it's easier for you to do it quick? Yeah. I think I was working on some stuff, I think two days ago and that now I, I was doing like camouflage. So if I if it's like a de- if it's like a detailed piece, yeah. then it might take me like an hour. It might take me an hour. But if I'm doing or if I'm doing an entire series, I have to I have to draw all nine of them in one day. I'm gonna take me the whole day. But if I'm just doing like one person, thirty minutes. Like that that won't be a big issue. Yeah, just okay. depends on how detailed how detailed the image is. I love that. That's not bad at all. Okay, that's really cool. And I also, if I'm up. doing hair, that takes longer as well. Like if we do the curls, the braids, all of that, it takes a little longer. That makes sense. Yeah, Get, definitely, especially with like curly textured hair. I can see that. Okay, awesome. (laughs) You've inspired me. I'm going to look into that after this. Um, I'm curious, though, now we're talking all about your account. So I need to make sure people know I'm talking about at the Black Enneagram Instagram account that you have. And I saw that you just Mm -hmm. celebrated one year. Congratulations again. We got all these wins for you. It's funny. The one year. Your mm-hmm. one year was me hitting 250 downloads of this podcast, wow, which I just started. Amazing. So I was like, look at us both just like thriving yeah, on this day. I love it. Yes. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love that you just started a year ago because it's grown so much. I didn't realize right. it was only one year. I was like, oh, she's mm-hmm. had this for years. You've just started this. Like, this is the beginning. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. And I saw that you said it helped you get into Berkeley, number one. And then you also said it came at the perfect time. So I'm curious if you can elaborate on both of those things. Like, what was the real background behind that? First and foremost, me getting to Berkeley is God's favor in God's hands because this was like a very competitive cycle. I don't know if you know that, but like, like the applications, they doubled this year. So yeah, and I decided so this is also this is my first time applying to law school. I applied to law school at the beginning of 2020 and I did not, I got rejected from every single school that I applied to. And so me getting to Berkeley is my second round of applying. Like you, you have to understand, this is like a very elaborate, like God, like God's divine hands <laughs> walking me through all of this. So, but the but the, the thing that makes it that makes it so beautiful is that 
the page I wrote about my about, about my um, black and Indian page for my personal statement to Berkeley. So that's that's that was what I talked about is like how I did I how I kind of made like a like a comparison like the same way that I was able to bring diversity like that diversity and inclusion and representation to the black enneagram or to the enneagram mm. in general. I want to be able to do that in the legal field, and so I think that and it was also perfect because the enneagram came to the U.S. in Berkeley. Like that's kind of where it all originated for the for the oh. for American people. Yeah, so it was like I didn't know that until after I submitted my <laughs> application. I was like, oh, this is so crazy. So yeah, it was really and that's why I also say it was the perfect time because. If I had gotten, to, if I hadn't, but first of all, if I hadn't even, if I had gotten into law school the first time around, obviously I wouldn't have started with Black Ending because I would have been preparing for law school. Mm. But I think that God gave me Black Ending as a creative outlet so that when I do start start law school, that I would have something to like, yeah, like fall back on when I'm just like, oh no, I just really need to like decompress. I need, I need creativity in my life. And so, I don't know. I think it was just really a gift. I forgot what your second question was, but that's kind of how yeah I used or God used uh black enneagram to get me into into Berkeley law I wouldn't have had anything else to like talk I mean I would probably would have found something but that was like the perfect comparison the perfect thing I could talk about at the moment um about how I got about yeah just what I desire to do in the in the field in general so yeah I forgot your second question I'm sorry no you answered them both but that oh, okay, is good. amazing I love that story I love a testimony we all love <laughs> to hear those I didn't realize that this was harder than the past rounds of applications and then yes God's grace got you through those yeah, doors so right. then what was it that made you want to start the black enneagram I guess a mm. year ago right and like right. really so, make it a thing yeah so in 2019 I was introduced to the enneagram by my friend Hannah um, so I started looking into it on my own and I noticed I got into like the Instagram space of the Enneagram. I started noticing that there were no black women, like especially no black people in general. So I was like, mm, I'm just going to put this aside and leave it alone. I'm not interested in this anymore. Like where are my people? So I left it alone. And then I was in my spring semester. I was, I was still a senior at this time. My spring semester, it's 2020 started. Um, and I was taking a class called Creativity and Innovation. And in that class, you wanted to do a project that was, you know, taking something that's in your life that is novel, creative, innovative, that no one else is doing. Obviously, we live in the world, like there's nothing new under the sun. But I thought I would, I, what I was doing was creative, novel, and innovative. So that was enough for me. <laughs> yeah. So I decided to do it. Um, and I it was, so it started as a, as a class project or the school project. And then when George Floyd happened, like everyone was looking for anything black. Like if, if it's black, I'm for it. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for everyone black type energy. That's that was what 2020 was about for me. Um, so it was just it was just like perfect timing where, um, yeah, the world was looking for more black artists, black creatives. Um, and I was just I was new. Like I had I think before I, the page kind of blew up, I had 5000 people. And that was like maybe May. That was maybe May. I think in like a week's time, it went from 5,000 to like 20,000. And I was like, oh, okay. And I did not want that. Like I, anyone who knows me knows I do not like attention. I don't like, I don't, that's not my life. Like I, it was really, really difficult for me because I felt like I had to, it was a lot of pressure. Like I had to perform and I'm just not a performer. I'm a, I'm a one, I'm not a three. Like I don't naturally like that attention. Um, so for me, it just felt, it felt kind of wrong. Like I like a slow burn. I like a slow burn. I like things to happen slowly and gradually. <laughs> So it was a lot, but I mean, hey, you know, you can't like you can't stop God's hand when He's trying to bless you. You have to just receive it and use it for what for what you know, what He's trying to do. So yeah, yeah, so beautiful. I love that your life is just like a demonstration of that. Like, mm. look, here you go. You're ready. Right. You're ready. <laughs> You're gonna give you some more. Right. Wow, that's so crazy. So you did it for your school project and just kept yes. it up. 
I mm-hmm. love that. I, I just love when school projects are relevant right. to real life. Like exactly. <laughs> all universities need to take note. Yes. <laughs> like, this is That's amazing. Wow. Okay. So then you started Black Enneagram. It blew up in June. And then kind of, I guess let's step back because now we're talking about Enneagram a lot and there are people who don't know what Enneagram is. So can you kind of elaborate, like, what is the Enneagram? What's its use? And like, what are, why would anyone want to know about the Enneagram basically? Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of times people see it as like just another personality test. But I think one thing is, especially about the Enneagram is that it goes deeper. It doesn't just show you or explain to you. It doesn't even tell you what you do. I mean, it tells you what you do, but it goes deeper than that and, act and tells you why you do what you do. Um, and so, and I think one thing that's also really special about it is that it doesn't just tell you why you do what you do, but then it shows you how to grow from that. And it also doesn't give you this like the self-defeating message that you're broken or you're messed up. Like it tells you like, you know what? Like you just lost your way. You know, like you, God created you the way that you were supposed to be. So you lost your way. And the Enneagram, I mean, the Enneagram, I feel like the Enneagram and the gospel work together and that they bring you back to who we were meant to be from the jump, like from the start, um, who we were divinely created to be. And so, and also, I mean, yeah, so it helps you transform and become, um, not necessarily a better version of yourself. I think people use that language and that's fine, but I think that it just be, helps you be, to become who you were always meant to be from the start. So, mm. yeah. Okay. So it's like a personality typing system, but right. then it also is like a growth tool that helps yes, you yes. grow into a better version of yourself. And I didn't even right. realize the Enneagram was Christian until like I well, start digging deeper. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't have Christian origins. I think Christians have youth. <laughs> Christians have co-opted it to, let's be, I'm just going to be honest, because Christians have co-opted it and tried to make it Christian. It doesn't necessarily have Christian origins, but I think that it, 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 in my opinion, I think it aligns a lot with the gospel. Like the gospel, I mean, not necessarily the gospel of like, oh, you know, like Jesus came. Yes, that, that's, that's his own thing. But I think when it comes to like sanctification and growth, um, I think there, there are, there are very, there's a lot of similarities there. Um, So yeah, it isn't, isn't, it isn't, isn't necessarily a Christian practice or something that is entirely Christian, meaning how many, many Christians believe that, oh, you need the gospel, you know, to be with God in heaven. You don't need the Enneagram. You know, like, it's not, it's not like, it's not, like if you, you can go your entire life and not know the Enneagram and still be fine, um, which is, yeah. So yeah, it's not necessarily Christian, but people, Christians have used it to kind of help their growth and help their sanctification. And sanctification is a big word. It just means like, it just means growth. It just means, you know, you being developed into becoming, you developing and being more Christ-like. Um, which is the goal of many Christians' lives. Um, sorry, I hate using big words. That's so annoying. <laughs> but yeah, We all need yeah. to learn and grow our vocabulary. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so then kind of, can you give us an overview? So I know the Enneagram has nine types. You've already said you're a one. I'm also a one. We both know the ones like the perfectionist, but right. let's go over them all so people can kind yeah. of get a, a feel. I hope you're loving this episode. I just quickly wanted to interrupt to let you know that if you're thinking of starting a podcast, then I have a great recommendation for you. Ease and Grow is hosted on Buzzsprout and it has saved my life. (laughs) Not to overstate, but when I was 
starting the podcast, I was very overwhelmed by all the different options out there. There's so many different hosts. There are so many different editing platforms. There's a lot that goes into it. And it's so nice to have the reassurance of a really easy to understand interface like Buzzsprout that sends your podcast to all the right platforms every week. And it really takes care of you. They're great with customer service. I've emailed them and they've helped me immensely. So I just wanted to let you know that if you sign up for a paid plan with Buzzsprout and you use the link in the show notes, it lets them know that Ease and Grow sent you and you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan. So I think that's a really great incentive and it's just a really great interface when you're trying to learn a whole new technology system like podcasting. It was daunting for me and they made it nice and easy. So Yep, that's there for you. Go in the show notes or head to the episode webpage. And let's get back to this episode. Right, so I'll share the names of the t- of each type. And I'll also try to share the core desires and core fears. I don't have them memorized, so it will sound very like robot-y, but I don't have them memorized. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I apologize for that in the, in the beginning. So for type ones, which is what I am, they are called reformers or perfectionists. Um, and their core desire is to... Uh, have integrity, to be good, to be right, to have virtue. Um, and then the core fears is the opposite, to be wrong, to be bad, to be evil, to be corrupt. Um, and for the two, the two's uh, name or handle is the helper. Um, and their core desire is to be loved, to be wanted. Um, and then their core fear is to be rejected or unwanted. Performers, their core successful, and in their core fears um, are to be seen as incompetent, seen as un- like not valuable, seen as unsuccessful, to be a failure. Um, and then the four is called the individualist, um, and their core desire is to be special, to be authentic to themselves. And in their core fear is to be inadequate, to be emotionally cut off, um, to be plain, mundane, ordinary. Um, and then the five, their name is the investigator, sorry, <laughs> the investigator and their core desire is to be capable and competent. Um, and then their core fear is to be, um, their core fear is to be thought at, thought is basically the opposite, to be seen as incompetent um, and not knowledgeable and not in the know. And then the sixth, their name is the loyalist and their core desire is to have security, guidance and support. And then their core fear is to not have a clear certainty, the uh, security and guidance and support. Um, and then the seven, their name is the enthusiast and their core desire is to be fully satisfied, to be content and to be happy. Um, so they're, they very much avoid pain at all costs. <laughs> and then their core fear, I hope I said desire, their core desire is to be happy and their core fear is to be deprived, to feel trapped, to feel boxed in, they have people call like the seven core fears FOMO. They have a fear of missing out on like mm. the good things in life. <laughs> yeah. And the eight uh, is the challenger, and the or the challenger or the protector, depending on how you how you see that. Um, and their core desire is to protect themselves and other and the people who are in their inner circle. And then their core fear is to be seen as powerless, weak, to be controlled. Um, being vulnerable, manipulated, all that. Mm. <laughs> and then for the type nine, the, they are the peacemaker. And their core desire is to have inner peace and inner stability in their mind and around them. And then their core fear is to be in conflict or tension, to feel like they are being shut off from their friendships and their relationships around them. Um, they really fear losing connection with people. So 
Yeah. yeah. So then nine, nine types. Thank you. Yeah. I think that's helpful for people to hear and just hearing you describe it will probably help them know what mm. they resonate most with, which is so funny. I'm curious about what your experience was, but for me personally, when I read through all the Enneagram types and I first took the test, maybe four years ago, I thought I was a four and I'm pretty Mm. sure at that state I was a four. And then I took a a test again and I got the one and I keep Mm. reading posts and I'm like, I'm a nine, I'm a nine, I'm the peacemaker, I'm a Libra. (laughs) Like I'm the one who's like always mediating and like giving people Mm. advice. And I'm like, I just want peace. Like I hate loud noises. (laughs) Like I always thought I was a nine, but as you just said of them, all of them, I thought I was a seven. So I'm like, this is, there's just so many aspects you can be. So I'm curious, what was your experience when you first took the test? Like, did you first get a one or like, what was your experience? Did you take a test or did someone type you? Like, how did that feel for you? Right. Yeah. So first of all, to what you're saying about, you know, thinking you're nine, that's a very common thing that nines that happens to nines. They think they're all different numbers, (laughs) (laughs) but being a one, I'm pretty like, so once they, we, we lead with our, our gut and our bodies. And so for me, when I read the scripture for the one, I was just like, oh yeah, this is me. Like, I'm not even gonna question it. Like I, I just have, <laughs> I just naturally feel like I know who I am really well. Um, I have a self-awareness that's like, I think it's really pretty reliable. And so when I read the description for the one, I was like, yeah, this is, this is, this describes who I wanted to be my entire life. That whole desire to be good has literally driven every decision I've ever made. Um, and the fear of being bad is just another decision I've ever made as well. So, and then the wings made sense, not the wing nine as much, but the wing two for sure. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I took a test, but I also read up on the one a little bit more. I didn't read up on other types. So just like, for me, when I know, I know, like my gut just tells me, okay, this is the right thing for you. I just listen to it and I don't really question it very often. Um, I think one thing that's important to know is that I present as a three. So I think to other people, I may look like a three, but I don't have the core desires or core fears of three at all. So I I think I have the actions and the behaviors of the three. And this is why it's important to know your core and not just like Mm -hmm. your behavior. Because if you just know your behavior, you can, you can easily mistype because some, some of the behaviors of each type are very similar. So I can, the reason why I work hard and I'm, I achieve is not because I, not because I'm an achiever, but because I, I, I think that being an achiever is good. My family dynamic has told me that if you are successful, you are a good person. <laughs> but for achievers, you know, whatever message that is, like it's something different. I'm not, I'm doing it for a different reason. I'm working hard. I'm getting all A's for a different reason than a three might be, get, might, might be doing all these things. So yeah. Yes. Girl, I think all mm-hmm. Nigerians are going to present as a three because I mean, I don't think we have a choice in that. <laughs> it's like, this is how you survive. <laughs> literally yes that is so funny but yeah what you just said about the core desire it's so true because when I saw and I've been in therapy for almost two years now and been diving into all of this and seeing that I just want to be good like that's the core thing that my inner child wants to hear like you're good like you're a good person as you are you're not bad you're good like that kind of stuff is like that's clearly where my heart is and it's funny mm-hmm. though I also do want peace and it isn't I guess it's a right. wing, so it works out that the, the nine is a wing but it's right. so true and I had a friend I know you're not supposed to type other people but <laughs> I like to type my like people around me because I can just tell like I'm such a yeah. psychoanalyzer and I thought my friend was a six because he's been telling mm-hmm. me all about how he needs certainty mm-hmm. gets stressed out when he doesn't have certainty I'm like you're probably a six. And he took a test and he was a seven. And I was like, yeah. you're a yeah. seven. Okay. Right. 
Yeah, that's that's very common because only we as human beings we can only see people what people tell us, and we can only see their behaviors. It's really easy to mistype other people, and that's like for for me it wouldn't be existential. It wouldn't be existential. Existential. It's someone like if I found out and I was like, oh, I'm actually a whore. Like I wouldn't care, but for some people to mistype is a very like traumatic thing. So yeah, I think that's why we don't mistype people. But I mean, yeah, I think your 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 story right there just shows like we can't tell. We really really cannot tell what people's types are just by watching. And that's why typing TV shows is so hard because you you can't. You're not them. You're not in their brain. Yes. <laughs> so it's so difficult. Yeah, but it's fun. I must say, I. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting because with the one the one type, I did read somewhere that like four is where you go when you're not healthy and seven is where you go when you're healthy. So I'm like, yep, I was not healthy when I typed right. as a four. So it makes sense. Yeah. Right, right. That's <laughs> a good so point. Interesting. And there's just so many rabbit holes you can go down with Enneagram yes. to really learn about yourself. So that's why I like really love yeah. Enneagram. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I'm curious, um, as a one, and since you're so easily typed yourself as a one, what have been the biggest lessons you've learned as a one, or maybe the biggest growth that you've taken or seen that you need to take if you're like still on the journey, we're all on the journey. Yeah, man, the biggest thing for me was, so I keep talking about God, but this is really important for me. My relationship with God changed when I realized that I was a one. Like the way that I relate to God has completely like transformed. Cause I, cause I always thought, you know, I don't know if you're in evangelical circles, but like evangelical circles make it seem as if there's only one way to relate to God. You read your Bible, you pray, you do all these things, period. You don't have, there's no leeway. You know, there's, there's yeah. no, there's no, you know, it's a box. And so for me, as a one, I ate that up and I was like, oh yes, it's only, there's a box. And if I follow this box and I do everything right, I'm going to have this amazing intimate relationship with God. And it didn't happen for me for six years. Mm. And so when I realized that I was a one, I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe, maybe that works for like another, another type. Maybe that works for nine, maybe that works for four, maybe it doesn't work for me. And so I kind of allowed myself to kind of break out of that box and not, follow what other people are telling me is right. Cause I wasn't trusting myself. I wasn't trusting my gut. People use the verse, you know, the heart is deceitful beyond blah, blah, blah. Don't trust it. I'm like, okay, cool. Ooh. But like, <laughs> so when people, people tell you things like that, like you don't, you start to, you start to not trust yourself, not trust the Holy Spirit that lives in you. So I, for me, it was a big transformation. So I, cause I, I began to listen to the Holy Spirit and not white evangelical pastors. So I to listen to what was, mm. what was the, what is the scripture and what is God telling me himself? Not what is this middleman telling me that works for him that should also work for me. Mm. And so once once I figured, figured figured that out, I was like, dang. So I can I can take on practices that may not look like what other people you know in the, the Christian world appreciate or do. But it, I mean, I I've, I've experienced such closeness. I remember telling my friend a couple of days ago, like. I've been a Christian for seven years, so, or about to be seven years in, the, in two weeks, but I've been a Christian for six years, and out of those whole six years, I never, I mean, not never, but, like, there was, like, rare moments of intimacy with God, but ever since I really understood and, like, grasped that there's no box with God, like, I, I have felt intimacy with God every day for the past, like, two, three months, like, every day. Wow. And it's like, that's all I had to do was just realize that there's no box. There's no container. Like God is, is so large and so big. Like you can, you can experience God. I'm sorry. I must have got a whole thing. <laughs> Girl. 
you can experience God through television. God speaks to me through television, through shows, through movies, like through people, through nature. Like I don't need, it doesn't have to be. The Bible is awesome. Prayer is important. But like, even the way that I pray has changed. Like I don't necessarily get on my knees and put my hands together and start talking. You know, I, I, it's literally like, for me, it silences prayer at this time, at this moment, like meditating on the, like one piece of scripture, or just meditating on one word. Like that is prayer for me. And so that's what the Enneagram has done for me. The Enneagram has opened up this new relationship with God that I never thought I was able to have that I always wanted. But because these circles were telling me, no, that's not the right way to do it. You have to follow this formula that we've given you. And if you if you follow this formula, you're going to get what you want. And I realized that hasn't been working for me. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. Reclamation. I love that so yes. much. And that's funny right. that that's how it worked for your oneness. Because for mm-hmm. me and my oneness, I was so like, I my values are so strong and I feel like yeah. I need to be so good that I felt right. so pushed away by the church and religion that it was like, I just felt so much shame and judgment. And I was just yeah. like, I can't like, nope, yeah. like this is not okay. Like all the judgment against homophobia, all the judgment, like there's just too much pushing yeah. away that I was like, there's no way I can be good and also mm. be here. So like, yeah. it was like I had to fight against that. And I didn't come back to like my spirituality until like after college, like it took me some time to be like, yeah. okay, like I can listen to the things that trigger me and I don't agree with. And right. also take the things that do give me value. And like, you kind of have to see that as like a take what you need, leave the rest kind of yeah. thing, which is hard yeah. to get to as a one when you're like, oh my God. I'm trying to be good. Like you told me to be good. I'm good. <laughs> like, Yeah. yeah. So. That's so that's good. amazing. That, that for me, that word is chew the meat, spit out the bones. That's what I've like, mm. been, like been realizing is chew the meat. Take what's good, take what works for you. And if something doesn't work for you, like I always my litmus, litmus test when I listen to a sermon now is did I leave that sermon feeling encouraged? If I left that sermon feeling discouraged, it didn't, that was not for me. That was not what God's message was for me mm. at that time. Conviction is good, you know what I mean? Correction is good. But if I leave feeling like dang God really does not like me today, like if I leave feeling that way. That 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 wasn't that's not on me. That's not on my spirit. That's on mm. them teaching a message that's oppressive and unhelpful to me. I don't mm. mind conviction. I don't mind correction. But if if I leave feeling like dang, like God must really hate me now, like <laughs> that's not really that's not the best. So yeah, I'm just I think that that's that's my limit test now. Like how do I how do I feel after listening to a sermon? Um, do I feel like I want to go talk to God? Or do I feel like I just want to go hide and not talk to him ever again? Like, so, yeah. Literally, and that's so right. powerful. And having that grounding in yourself and trusting your gut and right. having that in your, it's so yeah. important. If you don't have that, then it's right. hard to take any message. Right. You'll just be right. led astray by anything right. you hear. Yeah, and that was me for six years, just not trusting myself and trusting random white people. <laughs> no, so <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. It's yeah. so true. I love that. That's a great lesson. So I'm happy yeah. that you learned that and you've, we're growing, we're evolving. Right. Awesome. Okay. I know you have limited time, so I'm going to shift to the questionnaire part of our interview. And I just have some fun questions for you. Rapid fire kind of, but just like short answers. Do you have to feel rushed or anything? Right. Um, so first question, if you could switch to another Enneagram type, which would it be and why? Yeah, I always say seven. I think a lot of people say seven because I think that sevens are like these fun, like airy people. And I love sevens, but I, I think I would have said seven. I think I'm still saying seven now. So okay. Yeah, I'll stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I would and I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you do a lot of fun film and TV typing. What was your favorite film or f- TV show 
to type so far? A Different World has definitely been one of my favorite. Like I did, I did it twice. So I did it like the first couple seasons. I think there's, there's a different cast if you watch the whole six seasons. Hmm. So I did the first season, the first few seasons cast and as the second season's cast when the page got a little bit bigger. So yeah, it's my favorite. Nice. Um, I saw that you have a highlight on your Instagram called Why People Jam, which I think it's hilarious when Africans say why people. <laughs> it cracks me up. And you also have a Black Love mm-hmm. highlight. So I'm curious about your favorite songs in both of those categories right now. Mm-hmm. So my favorite White People Jam has always been the song called Break Even by the script. I don't even know why. Oh. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> very like it's a very breakup song. It's a, it's a very much a breakup song, and it's so good. I, was, I, I used to drive from like Georgia to Houston all the time. And that was a song that I would literally play for like hours on that drive, just over and over again. <laughs> it's so good. It. I'm really singing it in my head right now. But <laughs> like, favorite, favorite black love song, I think, has to be and. Should I say this one? I can't just choose another one because people are going to go crazy. <laughs> no, let, let's say it. I'm going to say it and I'm going to, you can judge me if you want. It's a guilty pleasure song. It's not okay. But Mariah Carey's Touch My Body is my favorite song ever. That's a great song. Favorite <laughs> song ever. Like, the, way, the way she sings that, just like, sis, like, this is a masterpiece. Like, t- take the words away. Just the way that she sings it. It's like, wow. I can I, hear I, it. I can hear it in my head. It's a great song. Right. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Favorite Nigerian dish? Oh my gosh. Effo. Like effo with shrimp and like, like uh, dried shrimp is my favorite. Wait, I'm a bad Nigerian. I've never had oh, this. <laughs> it's like a, it's like spinach. Just like spinach with spinach mixed with stew. Oh, okay. Like afang soup. Am I saying it wrong? <laughs> Are you Yorba? Yeah. No, I'm Ibibio. Oh, that's why. Okay, okay. So I'm Yoruba. We call it Efa. Okay, okay. That's why. We're going to get, I'm going to talk to my mom after this and be like, mom, is this, is this a thing? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, awesome. Uh, What's your favorite way to start the day? Oh, man. Meditation. If I can, I haven't done it today. If I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is meditate, I have an awesome day. My day just, just flows. But if I don't, my days are okay, but like meditation makes my day just amazing. How long do you meditate for? Do you use I try anything? To do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, this is a new thing, but I started doing it 15 minutes of just like mindful meditation and then 15 minutes of like focusing on the scripture and meditating on that. So I feel like I need both. I can't just do them mm-hmm. the scripture. I need also like to be in touch with like, I'm a physical person. I'm human. You know, like I'm in a bed right now. You know, like I, I need that part of it as well. Um, but I also want to make sure that I have scripture in my mind all, all the time. And so I also meditate with like Jack, music or piano music in the background and I just repeat this like verses over and over for me so yeah that's gonna fun <laughs> I like that that's actually really cool um what are your habits for staying sane during quarantine mm. yeah taking my dog out for walks has been helping me to stay sane yeah because she she likes to be outside she likes nature and so she kind of pushes me to go out there I like I like being outside I like fresh air um i Bow to stop taking my phone outside with me when I go outside. Just like so can like Ooh. be present. Like being present is actually helpful. So 
that's helped me a lot is just being outside without my headphones, without my phone, just being there. No music, just the silence of the trees and the birds and the, you know, the water, all of that. So yeah. That's a pro tip because I'm addicted. I can't go out without my phone. <laughs> I need to try that. I'm going to try that one time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, what is a favorite indulgence of yours? And that's just me not saying guilty pleasure, like anything <laughs> indulgence. I don't believe in guilt. <laughs> right. Thank you. That's really good. <laughs> um. Yeah, television is a big, big, big indulgence of mine. Like I was, I remember before I really discovered meditation, I used to, used to watch TV all day and not get bored and be like, this is just, cause it felt like a family for me. Like I'm like, oh, I'm a part of, I'm part of the coffee family. I'm part of, you know, different girls, college, like, you know, class, you know, I'm, I'm a part of what, what's going on in their lives. Yeah. Um, and there's like little issues with that, but <laughs> most of the time it's like healthy. It's like healthy, just like wanting to belong. I think that's what we all desire in life is to be a part of something, to belong. Um, I think that TV has done that for me when co- like with COVID, you know, happening, um, giving me that, you know, familial feeling. Do you have any siblings or are you an only child? Oh, yeah. I have four other siblings. So it's five of us in total. I'm the second oh. child, but the first daughter. So, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> so is your family yeah. like spread out or are they close to you? Well, my mom is in Chicago. My dad lives with us in Texas. And all my five siblings, all my, four of my siblings are here. And then my sister is in school in at Texas, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. So, yeah. Mm, okay, okay. But you're still, like, let, getting your familial vibes from the TV show. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, I, don't know, I don't know if it's just how your, how your African family is, but, like, we're very, like, maybe because of the way that we, our house is, like, we just kind of go to our own separate corners. You don't really, yeah. like, hang out in the living room or just, like, watch TV. Like, it's like, not, we don't do that yeah. um, in our family, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, girl. No. And I just started incorporating Sunday brunches with my mom to work mm-hmm. on our relationship because we do the same thing in our house, go to our separate rooms. We don't eat together yeah. or talk. And right. I'm like, why are we roommates who don't talk? <laughs> so yeah, I feel that. Uh, what show have you been watching lately or what's a favorite but- one? Yeah, I've been rewatching the Cosby Show a lot. Mm. This is probably my third time rewatching it. I I just really enjoy the show. I don't know. So Claire Huxtable, I believe she's the one. And I just love watching her parenting style. Um, I don't know why I'm like really into parenting these days, but like I'm like looking for like people ex- examples of like people who I want to kind of follow with their parenting styles. I think Claire has been probably like super super role model for me at this point so yeah mm, I love that all right you're getting ready I don't know what for you're getting ready for it <laughs> I don't know we'll see okay favorite place on the planet man my balcony I love my balcony because oh. it like overlooks a part of our neighborhood and like I can see there's a trail there and so like people walk the trail and I just feel like I'm, I'm a part of something when I'm on that balcony. Like, I'm not alone. Even though I'm, like, wow. on the balcony with myself, it's just, like, I get to see the world from, like, a kind of, like, a God-sized view. Like, you kind of see <laughs> what's going on. And I don't know. It's just a very peaceful place for me. Wow. I'm going to be very sad to leave. <laughs> wow. I'm, je- I'm jealous you're at your favorite place right now. <laughs> so you could just go. <laughs> right. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, favorite thought leaders to follow online oh or TV, wherever. Brandy Miller from Becoming My Theology podcast is one of my favorite people. Um, she's amazing. Um, other thought leaders that I love are, dang, I don't know names. I know like <laughs> handles. I don't know their actual names. 
<laughs> that's the world we live in right now like we know people by their instagram names and not their actual names that's fine you can throw out some handles <laughs> <laughs> you know what? i'm gonna stick with brandy so i'm gonna show you so brandy miller has been that's uh, one of my favorite thought leaders i'm like and also ariel ariel astoria has been really really helpful for me um i'm like i don't necessarily think that i'm in a um progressive mindset but i am in a deconstructing mindset and so um, but I'm so Christian. I'm like, my, my banner is Christian. My banner is Christ. But like, I'm leaning more towards the way that progressives um, view Christianity more than I'm leaning towards conservatives. And so I'm following a lot of like, progressive Christians, not necessarily taking up all the all of the ideologies, but like looking at, you know, how do they love? How do they, you know, how do they operate in the world? Um, mm. So those two people, I think, have been probably my biggest influences is those two. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'll link them in the show notes because I'm curious mm-hmm. to see these people. Um, what's the book that you recommend the most or your favorite book? Yo, okay, I can talk about the most recent book I'm reading right now. Um, I don't think I have a favorite overall. I should read more. But the book I'm <laughs> reading right now that I'm really, really am loving is Changes That Heal by Henry Cloud. Oh my, I cannot put this book down. I don't know why. It's just like, it's like, it's, it's he's, he's saying everything that I am feeling. Like he's putting words to my Aww. emotions and to like, like where, I'm, where I am. So I just really appreciate, appreciate his words. And he's a Christian, but he doesn't speak in a very like Christianese, like you should, you, you know, like he's, he talks in a very like inclusive language. Um, so yeah, I really like that book. Henry Cloud in general, I think he writes all the boundaries books. I don't know if you've seen the books oh. with like the pencil, like going no. down. <laughs> Yeah, like he's pretty popular in Christian circles, but it's really good. But probably have one of those over here somewhere. I can't see it. I don't have my glasses on, but yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm excited to look up that book. Um, what's the best advice you've received or advice you live by if you can't remember what someone's told you? I remember my friend Hannah telling me this. This is such a simple thing, but like the truth that like God loves you. Like, I didn't believe that for a very long time. Like, just that simple word, like, God actually loves you. Like, he actually wants to be in a relationship with you. Like, not just not advice, but, like, it's a truth that, like, has given me the most freedom that I've ever experienced. Um, I always thought that God wants me to work for him. God wants me to do this. God wants me to do that. Not necessarily be anything, but just mm-hmm. do. And so when I realized that, no, like, God wants a real actual relationship with you, I was like, oh. <laughs> You're like, oh, Okay. <laughs> never thought about that like you hear it but I, but I think when she said it and I think because of the, the energy that she has the way she said it um I was like now nah, I get it like I understand now so yeah yeah it's like the grace of just being mm, instead of right. having to prove or earn right. mm. yes I like right. that that's good advice okay last couple questions as we're on the ease and grow show what's an area of your life where you're feeling some ease Mm. ease has in I want, to, I want to make sure I'm answering the question right ease as in it's an area where you feel comfortable you already feel like you have a groove that kind of vibe I think now it's in my, in my relationship with God it's very like I feel easy there mm. um yeah in ways I never had before so yeah I'll yeah and that. that that lines up with everything else you've said um <laughs> And then uh, in sense of growing, where's an area of your life where you feel like you have some room to grow? Yeah, I think so. Um, I am in the process of applying for scholarships for law school now. And I've been super lazy, not wanting to do that, even though I know I need to. So I need to get more 
discipline at that and like actually do it because I know that in long run it's going to pay off if I don't have 200 million dollars in loans to pay off <laughs> by the time I'm like 55 like yeah I don't want to be in super super debt and so I need to grow in my seriousness <laughs> of applying for these scholarships hmm. yeah discipline and like right. procrastination right. I think we all struggle with that so yeah you're in good company <laughs> okay lastly finish the sentence the world would be a better place if Oh, can I say this? Should I say this? If we all knew Jesus, like for real, like for real, if we all had a relationship with God, like for real, for real, not like a religion, like an actual, like God is my father, guys. Like everyone had that. I think the world would be an amazing place. Like I, like I, I love the question because I'm just like I've never been asked that, but I really, really believe that if if everyone truly, truly, like had a loving relationship with God, not a dictatorship not a theocracy but just genuinely like guys my friend guys my father um guys that help me like for real genuinely I think that so much peace like there would be so much peace in the world I really believe that so yeah yay thank you for that and I agree in the sense of like accepting that there's a benevolent force around yes. us like right there's joy there's love like it doesn't have to be so like harsh <laughs> and like right. judgy so yeah. I think I think we that. I think we become I think we become judgy when we don't believe that God is love. Like that's like when we we judge other people when we don't receive that love from God and we don't we we don't really embrace that. Um, but I think yeah. if everyone really embraced God's love and God's like desire to like be with us, oh my gosh, yes. there would be no room. You wouldn't even need to judge anybody because you don't you don't experience judgment from God. So yes oh my god I've loved this and I'm so happy that you have shared your light on the show today <laughs> um let everyone know where they can find you I know the black enneagram is popping off so you'll yes <laughs> grow even more and more but yeah let us know where they can find you and thanks for coming on the show yes thank you I mean yeah you said it black enneagram the enneagram is spelled n-e-e-a-g n-e-e-a-n-e-n-n <laughs> E-N-N. <laughs> you keep saying N-E. <laughs> Iron? I'm so sorry. E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Yes. Right? Yes. Oh, right. It'll be linked. <laughs> Just click the link. Don't even worry. I'm so tired. Girl, so are you taking a social media break too? I think I saw that. Yeah, so I'm off until the... 16th maybe maybe the 14th I forgot what day I decided but I'm off, off okay off, off. what are you doing how are you relaxing <laughs> yeah so I'm still working part-time um so that's kind of taking more of my time now and I'm also still doing like making content mm. um so I haven't taken a break from making content I'm just not posting it I'm not sharing it so that's kind of been taking up a lot of my time too um and just like I've been thinking a lot like I've been like lost in thought a lot um, so yesterday and today, I was like, Kyle, let's just not think. Let's just like not try to do deep soul work right now because it's taking a t- it was taking a toll on like my mm. my like exa- it's making me exhausted. So today, today and yesterday, I was just like, let me not let me not do the too much soul work because it was just too much for me. But yeah, mm, okay, all right. Well, I'm with you. I was about to take a social media break myself, and I was like, <laughs> I got addicted again to the platform. So maybe I'll take a break a little later this year. But- yeah. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been so awesome. I'm so happy I got to meet you and you said yes. So thank you. (laughs) Of course, this was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ease and Grow. I truly hope you got something meaningful and valuable out of it. 
If you enjoyed this podcast and feel so inspired, then go ahead and leave a nice rating and review on whatever listening platform you're on. Another good deed for your day, share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. I truly love to connect, so reach out to me on Instagram at easeandgrowpod. There, you'll see we share fun and inspirational posts and some behind-the-scenes content. As always, I'm wishing you joy, growth, and wellness. Have a magical week and see you in the next one.